It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Washington's two rookie defensive backs had their fair share of struggles in the past week or so, so we've kept an eye on them as we move closer and closer to Monday night's preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this Saturday episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. And thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day, especially following training camp practices. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me over on Subtext just by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. And I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter, at DHarrison82, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And here with you every Monday through Friday and the occasional Saturday as we wrap up this week's practices here in Ashburn, Virginia. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. On today's episode, we are going to hear from Washington Commanders rookies KJ Henry and Quan Martin do our final howl watch of the week before the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to share three things with you that I'm looking for this Monday night. But first, rookie defensive back Quan Martin caught some flack from fans on social media following his performance against the Cleveland Browns in the team's first preseason game of the season. And he took it in stride. He liked a lot of them. He internalized them. He used them as motivation to get better and show anybody who's doubting him or maybe detracting from what he's going to be able to do for this Washington Commanders defense that he could play better, will play better, and will continue to develop as an NFL defensive back. In practice since that game, Martin has continued to look fluid, playing confident, not perfect by any means, but he is a rookie defensive back. And personally, I've always kind of maintained that cornerback, certainly one of the most difficult positions to transition from the NFL or into the NFL from college. And then when you're playing the slot, adds another layer of kind of things that you have to do as a defender, uh, getting used to the National Football League game. That's something I asked Quan about that you'll hear from him uh, in here in just a minute. But you're seeing a lot of things that you want to see in a young defender. Again, playing fast, and that's kind of the key thing here. As guys struggle from time to time or have a bad game, maybe have a bad couple of practices, it can be easy for someone to lose a little bit of their confidence and start playing a little tentative, start looking to things and say, well, maybe I shouldn't go here, maybe I shouldn't do that. But Quan is continuing to play confident, play fast, and as long as he does that, his coaches, whether it be his position coach, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, head coach Ron Rivera, whoever is looking at his tape, looking at his practice performance, they'll be able to tell me where he needs, not, not tell me, tell him where he needs to tweak his game, tweak his decision making because he's playing fast. If he starts playing tentative, starts getting light on his feet and starts getting a little bit slow on his feet, that's when things become a problem because not only are you trying to correct his play, his muscle memory, but you're also trying to get him to play faster. So one problem out of the way uh, kind of there. So everything you want to see from a young DB, he will get better. He'll continue to get better. 
So we just got to be patient with him uh, as we go through the process. Now, we spoke to Quan earlier this week about some of those struggles against Cleveland Browns, the penalties specifically, and the things and, and how he's kind of coming through that. So I wanted to catch up with him again before we got to Baltimore, uh, before we well, FedEx Field to the Baltimore game. Uh, so we did that today after practice on Saturday. So here is Quan talking about his further development and what he's looking to do against Baltimore. All right, Quan, officially getting ready to enter your second preseason game. So just overall health-wise and, and skill-wise, how do you feel like you're developing from, from, from Cleveland to, to now? I feel pretty good, man. Just uh, taking the last game, putting it to bed. And I just learned it from the little things I can take away from that game and just apply it to the next game and be better. Absolutely. And then we talked during the joint practices, but now there's a little bit of space from the joint practices. Kind of what was what was your kind of biggest takeaway from that experience? Oh uh, man, just being able to go out there and go get some different competition and uh just get a different playbook, get a different feel for some different guys and uh and being able to compete. And we talked about your football IQ before and your range coming out of Illinois. Obviously, that was a big draw for all the NFL teams that were scouting you. Um, how, how much more comfortable are you feeling in this step of training camp compared to when you first started? Oh, man, it's, every day is a, a opportunity to learn and get better, man. So just being able to learn it and take the things that uh, the coaches are telling me and applying it to the field. So just developing as a, as a young player and uh, just expanding my knowledge and, and learning the, the game at this level. What's the hardest part about, you've been getting a lot of slot reps, right? So what's the hardest part about being a slot defender that people who don't do that for a living wouldn't understand or wouldn't necessarily be able to see right off the bat? Right. Uh, just the patience, man. I've uh, been in the slots, a lot of space in there. And, uh, a lot of times, too, we got a two-way goal. So just being able to anticipate rounds and uh, just stick to your technique and, and let it just guide you through play. And zone coverage, I know a lot of zone coverage is all about kind of in-action communication, right? Like when to pass off, who you're getting passed off. Right. Have you been able to, to adapt to that quickly in the NFL? How different is that from the college game? Uh, it's a lot different, man, because in college it was straight man all across the board, so we had to chase guys all across the field. And in uh, this defense, we were able to pass some things off and just drop into like some different windows. So just being able to, to develop and learn and, and just know when to pass guys off and know we got to stick, stick to that. And the Ravens have kind of a historic preseason winning streak. A lot of people say maybe it matters, maybe it doesn't matter. Would it, would it be kind of cool to be the team to, to end that, that win streak for them? Yeah, man, it's always – Good to, uh, you know, spoil things for some people. So, I mean, just going in there and looking for an opportunity and uh, just taking what we learned through our practice, through our camp, and just applied it to the game. All right, of course, Quan Martin, not the only rookie defensive back on this Washington Commanders roster. His classmate and Commanders teammate, cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, had a better game against the Cleveland Browns, but he did have a few struggles against the Baltimore Ravens in joint practices. Some of them coming in one-on-ones, and look, we've, we've been over this every day, as you've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again in case you need a reminder or anybody uh, listening is not caught this, this explanation. One-on-ones, especially receivers versus DBs, are designed for the offensive player to win. It's really not a drill that the defensive player is supposed to win, so you really want to highlight when they do win, but then when they lose, you kind of want to say with a grain of salt. Now, some of those losses can be really bad losses. A guy ends up on the ground or just completely juked out of his cleats and there's like 10-yard separation. And Emmanuel Forbes certainly did have one or two of those moments during the training camp practices with the Baltimore Ravens and also was matched up against guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and some of the other talented Ravens receivers. And certainly they got open from him a few times. On the day that I focused primarily on the defense, I watched Odell Beckham Jr. specifically shake free of Emmanuel Forbes a few times. Lamar Jackson wasn't able to hit him. So they fell for incompletions, which, of course, is good if you're the commanders and you're Emmanuel Forbes. But I'm sure Emmanuel Forbes still wants to get in the mix and get in there uh, and, and be a little bit closer to uh, that play. So coming back to Ashburn, I really wanted to pay attention to him and kind of see where his confidence level was as well and how he was continuing his play. 
And honestly, he looks like the same Emmanuel Forbes that most people were kind of ranting and raving and really happy about uh, coming out of Cleveland and even coming into Cleveland. So that's the Emmanuel Forbes that we've seen ever since then. In fact, there was one, there was two specific plays that I want to tell you about on practice Saturday. Uh, one of them came in a really strong pass defense against receiver Terry McLaurin and another another pass defense, well, near pass defense, almost an interception came against uh, while he was in zone coverage guarding running back Antonio Gibson. Uh, and then, of course, he did come down with an interception in 11-on-11s on Saturday off of a, deflect, a deflected pass, so keeping his head on a swivel, tracking the ball, coming down with that turnover. The play against Gibson, again, came in 7-on-7s, seven and basically what happens, he's in zone, and he was tracking one guy coming through his zone. I want to say it was Curtis Samuel, but don't quote me on that. And as he passes Curtis Samuel off his zone into the zone next to him, he comes right off, transitioning to Antonio Gibson, who's kind of in the shallow area of his zone coverage uh, responsibility, See Sam Howell lock on to him, immediately breaks on the ball and gets in there. Doesn't come up with an interception, but does come in there uh, and disrupt the play. Very headsy, smart, intelligent. The communication, the transition, the break on the ball, everything you want to see out of your first-round cornerback. And then uh, in the end zone during some short field work for the offense uh, on Saturday in 11-on-11s, 11 Emmanuel Forbes going up against Terry McLaurin right in his hip pocket. Sam Howell had to get rid of the ball. Again, late game situation, short yardage situation. You have to get rid of the ball. You got to try to make a play for your team. Sam Howell throws it in there, and Emmanuel Forbes makes a really, really good play on Terry McLaurin. If Forbes doesn't get his hand up when he does get his hand up, that ball comes down for a touchdown, which, of course, if you're watching the Washington offense, you want to see. But the Washington defense is also out here making plays as well. So Sam Howell uh, certainly victimized a little bit by Emmanuel Forbes on Saturday. That's going to lead us into the 19th edition of our Howell Watch here from Ashburn, Virginia. That's coming up next on Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you can have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Close your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for being Locked On Commanders. Listen or view today and every day, every dares. Thank you again for coming through on a consistent basis. Like you do, subtexters greatly appreciate you keeping me company uh, during practices. Always a little bit tricky out here in Ashburn. Signal is always a little bit wonky. The Wi-Fi is always a little bit wonky. So every once in a while, you might have a little bit of a disruption during an episode, or I may not be able to text out uh, 11 on 11 reps and, and all that stuff in a timely fashion. But we do the best that we can, and you guys come through with a lot of great questions and comments. So I appreciate all of you for doing that. If you want to join in on that fun, just go to joinsubtext.com 
slash locked on commanders. You get your first two weeks for free. Find out if you like it. If you do, stick around. If you don't, I appreciate you for giving it a try. Anyway, Howl Watch number 19 here from Ashburn, Virginia. We charted three of the four 11 on 11 sets that quarterback Sam Howell was in on because the fourth one, quite honestly, a uh, little bit more of an accelerated walkthrough pace uh, than anything else. Not very competitive uh, in that fourth set. So I wanted to chart the three competitive sets for you and really kind of break that down uh, for you as well. In those three periods, three competitive periods, Howell went six for 12, 50%, throwing two touchdowns and one interception. Now, those numbers alone, right, may not inspire a whole lot of confidence in your new official starting quarterback, but it is important that I add context. First out of 11 on 11s on Saturday was really mostly run play. Sam Howell only threw one pass in that set. It was a play action pass, so you're coming off a run action, right? And they did complete that pass. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But after that, sets two and three were both end-of-game scenario drive so let me let me kind of paint this picture right the first this for the first set of end of game so second set number two end of game scenario there's less than a minute left in the game and the washington commanders need a touchdown to come away with a victory they've got two timeouts less than a minute they started on about the 40 yard line i want to say and they've got to try to punch this ball in for a game winning score so sam howell connects on a pass they call a timeout connects to terry mclaurin downfield to about the 10 yard line call another timeout now you're out of timeouts you're at the 10 yard line so what are you going to do? You have to throw the ball. You cannot run the ball in a situation like that. Well, the Washington Commanders defense also knows that you have to throw the ball. And the Washington Commanders defense, as some of you very well know, is pretty stinking good at what they get paid to do. So as you can imagine, that is a pretty tough scenario for any quarterback. Uh, and that includes Sam Howell, even with weapons like Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, John Dotson, Cole Turner, John Bates, Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson. Man, this offense has a lot of weapons uh, to talk about. So oh, when you put it in that context, set three was the same thing. They started at the 10-yard line, and now you're trying to go back into the end zone again. So sets two and three, so two-thirds of the sets that Sam Howell was in are those end-of-game, must-score touchdown, must-throw-the-ball, and the defense knows you have to throw the ball type of scenarios. The first one was mostly run plays, only one pass that Sam Howell completed, but there really wasn't a game scenario uh, attached to that one. So I think when you look at it in that context, 50% two touchdowns and an interception, really not bad. I mean, if you're in three games this season where you need a last-second touchdown from the 10-yard line and you win two of those three games, you're going to be pretty happy uh, with that outcome. Not as happy as you would be if you had three wins. Don't get me wrong. But you're going to be pretty happy if you come away uh, with two wins in those. So that context of those numbers, hopefully you agree with me that those numbers don't really look bad. I was talking to other media members about it, too. It said, man, you know, when you send out these numbers, six for 12, two touchdowns and interception, it doesn't really sound all that great. But when you contextualize it, uh, given the scenario that they were in, it actually isn't uh, all the, that bad. In fact, the interception came on a play where the situation would have dictated, again, the offense needed uh, a touchdown. It was actually deflected pass in the back of the end zone. And, I mean, you got 11 defenders all within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage with nowhere else to go. That ball is going to get uh, intercepted. And it's the fourth interception that I've charted in 11-on-11s of training camp for Sam Howell, which is not a bad number uh, of interceptions. I remember one practice last year specifically where Carson Wentz had three or four in three or four straight plays so just to put it into context as far as do we have better practice play and better quarterback play than we had last year I think we still very uh, strongly do putting the ball in play is a situation that's always gonna be risky so it's important to remember that now let's get to the sets okay set one uh, again mostly runs but there was one play action pass that Sam Howell was able to get it was a quick left side out route uh, to tight end Cole turn that was completed so starting off the day one for one set two that's where we get into the end of game two timeouts less than a minute left uh, and you need a touchdown to win 
Starts off the drive one for one, going middle in route to Terry McLaurin. Two for two on a scramble to the left side of the formation. Finds Terry McLaurin again. Uh, that gets him down to the 10. Again, you've got now no timeouts after that. The next one is an incomplete pass. It was an attempted pass. It was just fell incomplete. Good offense, good defensive play. The ball just didn't find uh, the target. It did hit Jahan Dotson in the hands, but not to the point where I would call it a drop. You know what I mean? It was just a very tough play, and the ball is either going to get caught or it's not going to get caught. Um, number four, incomplete. It was a smart throwaway out the back of the end zone. Save time. Don't sit there and just take forever trying to wait for something to come open. Get rid of the ball. Play for another down. Uh, play five, or play six, rather, the fifth pass attempt uh, of, the, of, the, of the game or of the set. Roll right. Uh, incomplete pass to Jahan Dotson. That one was a little bit off. And then final play was the pass defense by Emmanuel Forbes against Terry McLaurin, which would have been fourth down. And unfortunately, the game is over. So two for six on that first set. So again, their first two passes, boom, boom, get right down to the 10-yard line. Now you've got, I think you had about 35 seconds left, and you've got four tries to get into the end zone. One pass, again, did hit Jahan Dotson in the hands, not to the extent that, again, I would call it a drop, but that was probably the best option or best opportunity that they had. You had a, a throwaway to save time, and then you just had two really good uh, defensive plays after that. Set three, they came back out, reset the first-team offense on the 10-yard line. Again, going in, end-of-game situation, need a touchdown to score, and the defense knows you need that touchdown to score. First play, one-for-one, one, a middle hook route to Cole Turner, got them closer to the end zone, call that timeout, one-for-two on a Jeremy Reeves pass-defense pass. Uh, Cole Turner was coming open over the middle of the end zone, Sam Howell threw it. He got it high because you want to get over those defenders. Cole Turner was going up for it. Jeremy Reeves just got enough of a fingertip on the ball to send it going a different direction. But the third pass of this set, two, two for three, Sam Howell rolls right in the scramble play. B-Rob comes open, and Howell finds B-Rob in the end zone. Got both feet down right in front of me, literally from me to the camera. Brian Robinson, both feet down, secured the ball. Touchdown, Washington Commanders. They went ahead and continued. With the series, so right there, boom, you got a touchdown, you win the game, it's over. But they went ahead and continued with the very next pass, incomplete. That's the one that was deflected and eventually intercepted by Emmanuel Forbes. The defection, the deflection coming from cornerback Benjamin St. Juice. The target was John Bates in the right back corner of the end zone. They reset it again. They go again, and this time uh, Sam Howell rolls left and finds Terry McLaurin on a quick out route against cornerback Rashad Wild Goose for yet another touchdown. So in those three plays, you got two touchdowns. One interception. Uh, I'll take two out of three touchdowns in red zone any day over what we were used to seeing from the Washington Commanders offense uh, in recent years. So that is our Howl Watch number 19 for today, Saturday, out here in Ashburn, Virginia. A quick injury update. Uh, missing the final practice before Monday night's game against the Baltimore Ravens. Tight end Logan Thomas, cornerback Kendall Fuller, and defensive tackle Jonathan Allen. Now, it was revealed before practice by head coach Ron Rivera that Jonathan Allen is dealing with plantar fasciitis, which... The only thing in my non-medical educated brain that's, that I think of when I hear plantar fasciitis is Eli Manning losing an entire season, essentially, to the injury. However, it doesn't seem like this plantar fasciitis is that serious and doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of panic around John Allen at this point in time. Uh, but he did miss practice on Saturday. Offensive lineman Charles Leno Jr. and defensive end Chase Young were both limited, participating in some, some position and in individual drills, but not participating in the team drills. Meanwhile, offensive tackle Andrew Wiley participated in each portion of the practice while receiver Dax Milne left practice during practice, did not return, which means no, I did not get to interview Dax Milne today. Uh, that's one of the players that some of you had requested. I know one of you specifically has some specific questions. I was going to flag him down for us, but unfortunately he had to leave practice hoping that he's okay. Uh, but given the progression and status of each player, 
uh, throughout the week. It's unlikely that we see Chase Young, Logan, Logan Thomas, Kendall Fuller, or Jonathan Allen on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens, while the status of Charles Leno Jr. and Dax Milne could certainly be up in the air or in jeopardy before the game, considering uh, kind of what's happened. And the fact that it's dress rehearsal, they probably want to get as many guys out there as possible. But we spoke to Ron Rivera before practice on Saturday, didn't get to speak to him after, so we don't really have a status on Dax Milne at this time. Uh, keep an eye out for some of those updates, and perhaps those will come uh, as we go through. So that's going to wrap up how I'll watch. It's going to be a wrap-up. Our injury updates, I'm going to tell you the three things I'm looking for on this uh, Monday night's coming up, Monday night's preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locks on Commanders. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. My interview with Casey Henry from training camp this week coming up. But first, let's go over three things that I'm looking forward to looking for on Monday nights in Monday night's preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. The first thing is the offensive line. No, duh. this offensive line has been a question mark all preseason. Sam, uh, Sam, Ron Rivera confirming to us that the left guard position really has not been solidified yet, not knowing who the starter is going to be for the regular season at this point in time. I'm really curious to see who they roll out there first at the left guard position. I predict it's going to be Sadiq Charles, but I do think you're going to see a mix of Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul uh, at the left guard position. So we'll see kind of how that goes, who looks better coming out of that game and, and whether or not we can get closer to a decision being made there. But obviously the offensive line is going to have a lot of eyes on it. Uh, the second thing I'm looking for, wide receiver depth competition, especially with Dax Miller leaving practice. If he can't go against the Baltimore Ravens, that's going to put Kaz Allen, Byron Pringle, and a couple of other guys. Mitchell Tinsley could be in that fold in the mix to kind of have an opportunity to show some things and flash some talent that maybe we haven't seen fully just yet. Kaz Allen has had some struggles in practices bringing in passes. So while we know that he can be a little bit electric in the return game, I do want to see him get some reps on the offense, get some targets from quarterbacks, and see if he can get better at that. On Saturday, he brought in a few nice passes, so certainly someone who maybe heard me talking about his drops. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, hopefully it continues and Kaz Allen can show up, show out. I also like Mitchell Tinsley a lot, so if Dax Miller can't play, that is an opportunity for some of these young depth receivers to kind of show that maybe they can threaten for Dax Milne's spot. Of course, we're hoping that Dax is healthy, fine, maybe just a boo-boo or a bump, and he'll be fine to play on Monday. Second-team offensive line is the third thing I'm watching. If you can't tell, not completely concerned about the defense, really just concerned about this offense. But your second team offensive line is almost just as important as your first team offensive line because as we've seen watching the Washington Commanders over the years, your second team offensive lineman, center, guard, tackle, whatever it is, could become your first team center, guard, tackle, whatever it is, in a flash. So I'm looking forward to seeing that unit and see who kind of rises to the top. Nolan Laufenberg has been getting some second team reps there. Ricky Stromberg moving from center to guard, stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what some of those guys do uh, on Monday night. Obviously, we're still going to be looking in for Forbes and Martin. I do plan on talking to both those guys after the game if we get open locker room. Sometimes that's a little bit tricky with preseason, so we'll see if we get open locker room. If not, then I'll look to uh, to harass both those guys on Wednesday and get their thoughts following the game for you uh, on record. Couldn't talk to Emmanuel Forbes today. I've actually got my shot angled like I do 
right now for a reason. Today was the last day in Ashburn for fans to attend training camp practice. So the stands you see behind me are empty now. That is how they will remain. Greatly appreciate every fan that came out. You guys really made this year's training camp an electric environment when you were here. And greatly appreciate all the Commanders fans. I met two, three more Commanders fans that are listeners or viewers of Locked On Commanders on Saturday as well. I appreciate all of you for flagging me down, hollering at me. Do the same at games, guys. If you see me at games, please, same thing. Uh, I walk around the stadium before a game. I like to kind of just soak in the atmosphere uh, because football games are, are amazing. And, and this is a dream come true for me to do this for a living. So I always kind of walk around the stadium and take in the atmosphere. So if you happen to see me walking around, looking around, looking a little bit aimless or, or whatever, by all means, stop me, say hi. I, I like to shake your guys' hands and thank you uh, for supporting the program like you do. Um, speaking of supporting the program, KJ Henry has been one really cool dude since he's gotten drafted by the Washington Commanders. Had multiple conversations with him not all of them on the record but i did get another one on the record that i'm gonna share with you right now all right kj obviously since the last time we talked you had a first nfl preseason game so how did you feel coming out of cleveland uh, i felt good um you know it was just surreal a surreal moment uh, you know before the game i uh, went to look at the stadium and just kind of take in all the work that had you know come up to that moment um i really wanted to make sure that you know i thank god for just you know allowing me to be there uh, it's a moment i'll never forget um that being said, you know, just a lot of things, I, you know, I got to get better at. Um, and, you know, the first, your first game, I'm not going to be too hard on myself because right. I know so much, right? So, um, but it definitely a lot of places I can grow, and I've been tacking that, you know, out here on the, on the practice field. So, um, it was fun and, um, you know, excited to continue to get better. Absolutely. Now, your, your draft classmate, Chris Rodriguez, admitted to me that during that, that weather delay, the nerves kind of started stacking up on top of each other. Did you feel the same way? Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we was all just – the whole team, I feel like we were just anxious to just get out there. Yeah. The older guys definitely had a little sympathy for us. They wanted us to make sure we got our first game in. Yeah. Um, and, but, yeah, definitely just prolonging that start was not was not the best feeling. Absolutely. You're looking real fast in, in one-on-ones. Everything that advertised coming out of Clemson with your pass rush skill, how do you feel you're translating that into the team drills as well? Um, that's that's what I'm trying to do is, is just that, making sure I'm translating, you know, the stuff we do in individual one-on-ones into the team drill. So I feel like I'm doing an okay job, honestly. I um, want to continue to just understand the concepts and, you know, what the offense is giving me, what I'm allowed to do in certain situations so that I'm not messing up, you know, our defense. You know, I can't just be free willy-nilly out there sometimes like I was able to at Clemson mm-hmm. um, to be able to do my thing. I have to be able to, to win within the confines of the defense. So trying to, you know, gel those two things, you know, to allow us all to be successful is really what I'm trying and then having a uh, having a rookie teammate in your position group uh, with Andre is that is that kind of helping you guys uh, accelerate the learning curve? You think? No doubt, no doubt. Me and Dre came in, uh, you know, with just staying together, uh, competing with each other, but also helping each other, uh, and then being there for each other. You know, because uh, we're going through you know a lot of the same things, a lot of the same situations. So Dre's doing a great job as well. Um, you know, definitely. It's, it's hard to fathom like that great of a player playing on that level, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like he should have been in the, the power five or something like that, <laughs> playing, playing the way he's been playing. So um, it's been fun for both of us. And what are your impressions of this D-line group? Every I, I've been watching football all my life. I've known all these guys before I even got here, before I knew I was drafted here. So um, now I'm just trying to be a student, to be honest with you. I, I've known the talent that, that they all have and what they bring to the game, played against a few of them you know, all my time <clears throat> at Clemson. So, um I just being them and you know, like I said, trying to learn as much as I can. And your first joint practice in the NFL is in the books. What's your what's your biggest takeaway? I know you just finished practice, so you got more studying to do, but what's yeah. your biggest takeaway right now? Um, just continually compete, man. Uh, you know, they're, they're the same type of guys, just in purple jerseys, right? Just trying to get better. That's what we really all came out here to do is just get better. What's that preseason, you know, mindset of trying to, you know, 
tune everything up before the season starts, right? And and that's still what I'm trying to do. Appreciate it. All right, guys, so that's going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Again, the game is Monday night. I am going to take Sunday off, so no episode coming tomorrow. I'm going to take a little bit of a knee, uh, spend some time with my family, do some things, maybe maybe burn some meat or something. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm going to take my Sunday. I will be back with you Monday after the game, uh, and then we'll be back at practice Wednesday, practice Thursday, walk through Friday, another game Saturday. So we're definitely getting at least five episodes of Lockdown Commanders this week, but I am going to take Sunday off. I hope you can uh, appreciate and afford me that opportunity, but stay subscribed. Keep those alerts on. We will be back uh, as soon as we can. And we will be talking Washington Commanders football again before you know it. In the meantime, drop your comments, your questions in the YouTube comments. Hit me on Twitter. Email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or text me directly via subtext by going to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders. As always, thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.